It is my great pleasure to formally introduce the new head coach of the Florida Gators, Billy Napier. Scared money don't make money, you know. We've got a goal here uh, to play a brand of football that creates a great sense of pride. It takes 11 people doing their job. We get to decide our future. Hey Gator fans, welcome to Building Back the Gators. Hayes Carline, Graham Marsh with you. We are excited to bring you one of the the young voices on the Gators beat uh, this afternoon. Zach Goodall uh, covers the Gators for uh, Sports Illustrated, SI All Gators. Uh, check him out. Uh, really look forward to uh, to talking with Zach and really looking forward to telling you about the personal injury law firm of Harold & Harold Again, Holt and Julie Harold. Such great people, such great friends of mine, and uh, they have now sponsored this podcast over the last three summers as we celebrated the 96 National Championship, celebrated the 91 first official SEC Championship. Great people, Jacksonville firm. Give them a call at 251-1111. Hopefully you won't need them, but if you or a loved one has been hurt, Harold and Harold, that's who you need to call, 251-1111. All right, Grandma, it's... Uh, it, it's it's getting close, man. Uh, lots of momentum on the recruiting trail. Luckily, the Ricky Pearsall injury is not overly severe. Uh, just what are your thoughts right now in Gator Nation? Um, it's already been said multiple times since the good news about Ricky Pearsall came out, but boy, did they dodge a bullet. Because w- whether Ricky Pearsall is really good because he's actually really good or he's really good just out of a bad group, they need him badly because this receiver, this receiving core is not crazy special, at least as of now. I don't think I'm breaking news by saying that. So that's big. You're right. Uh, getting close to that Utah game with every passing day, obviously. I think Gator fans, I mean, if you're not stoked for that game, are you really a Gator yeah. fan? Yeah, exactly. Um, are you then, alive? And then, uh, yeah, the... Um, the recruiting tra- the recruiting momentum is continuing to pick up. Um, Jaden Robinson, the other day out of Columbia, Lake City, Columbia. I mean, what Billy Napier has done just in Northeast Florida by itself. I mean, that is at least at least for the people in this building that are Gators that that should win you over in and of itself. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you got, got I don't know if Jane Robinson grew up a Gator fan or mm-hmm. I have no idea. Lake City Columbia has not been all that kind of Florida. I mean, it right. is it is when I was a kid it was more FSU territory. So it I think it's big to get a player out of I'm not saying they've never gotten them, they have, but it's never felt like a Gator stronghold. So to get a four-star out of Lake City Columbia, I was really excited about. And then we we've talked about this already on the podcast, but with with a guy like Trayon Webb, for example, we talked to him last week at uh, at Bigger Sports High School Media Days. Hacker did a, a phenomenal interview with him, um, and Trayon's he's been on with us a couple of times. He listens to the station. I'm sure he's listened to the podcast. Um, someone like that, who's a legacy Gator from Jacksonville, goes to Trinity. Because Th- think about this: if if you're in the middle of the field at Trinity, Terry Norvell told this to me. I got to give him credit. If you're in the middle of the field at Trinity, and you were to go to the swamp. You're talking like 60 miles? Mm-hmm. It's a great point. Something like that? Yeah. Trinity has all these dudes, and they've just seemingly gone everywhere but Florida. They get on planes and they go to Columbus, Ohio. 
Right. And play for the Buckeyes. D- dudes like Treyon Webb, who run the ball at Trinity High School and are legacy Gators, those need to be locks. Mm-hmm. And I think the first step Billy Napier has done in recruiting is he's making guys like that locks. Yeah. And that's really important because uh, Treyon and Marcus Stokes, those two specifically stand out, have had what the, the term you've used multiple times, a Pied Piper effect. Of getting more recruits. You can't tell me that landing those guys hasn't helped land these other guys since then. Yeah, it started with that, you know, a few weeks ago, you know, and uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Well, it's it's an exciting time for the Gators. We're getting close to the Utah game, like you said, um, and, and the recruiting is is really heated up. Uh, we'll get into all that team, uh, how the team looks uh, with Zach, a little bit about uh, recruiting as well, because he covers it all. So here is our interview with Zach Goodall from SI All Gators. All right, we told you we were going to deliver him, and here he is, Zach Goodall, SI All Gators. Uh, Zach works as hard as anybody out there, uh, and and I'm really pleased to to have him on today. Zach, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to us about the Gators. Absolutely, Ace. Thank you for having me. Sure thing. Sure thing. So I remember seeing you at Jaguars training camp many years ago. Uh, you were super nice. Tell us, tell Gator fans a little bit about you know how you got into the business, growing up, uh, what teams you pulled for, and give us a little background for fans that uh, you know aren't aware of your work. Yeah, that's exactly how it started. I was up there in Jacksonville. I uh, played football in high school and realized that I wasn't good enough to play after high school, so I stopped a little early. I uh, decided I wanted to stick around the game somehow. And uh, in Jacksonville, you know, I was able to get a job with SB Nation with uh, with Big Cat Country. And it, it just kind of all started from there. Uh, before I knew it, I was like 18 or 19 and in training camp with a press badge and had no clue what I was doing. But um, it led me down here to Gainesville. I'm going into my fourth season covering the Gators. And it's uh, it's definitely going to be an exciting one with a brand new staff. Yeah, absolutely. And and Zach, what what's been your initial thoughts on Billy Napier and and the I guess now eight months that he's been on the uh, on the job? I mean, for the most part, I think it's been a, a breath of fresh air compared to kind of what happened there at the end of the Dan Mullen era of Florida. I mean, I, obviously, a lot of respect goes out to Mullen for what he was able to do with the twenty twenty team, but. I think everyone could kind of see things were just falling apart culturally. Uh, recruiting was obviously the big topic that everyone but Mullen wanted to talk about. And it, it just, it wasn't working out. And they needed to pull the plug sooner rather than later and focus on getting the team to buy in as a whole into what a program should truly look like. And obviously we've got a lot to see uh, when it comes to Napier coaching on the field during this season, how the recruiting class finishes up, even though it's off to a pretty strong start. Um, but with all that aside, it still looks as though the players are really buying in. Uh, there is a new culture. There's a lot of discipline. Uh, the attitude seemingly has changed, and players genuinely seem to be happier to be a part of the Florida program. Zach, what have you been able to to uh, glean from watching practice? I love seeing your your videos. Uh, again, Gator fans, if you're not following Zach on Twitter, you got to do that. If you're not reading them at SI All Gators, you got to do that. But what have you been able to assess anything? I know I know it's limited. You don't get to watch the whole thing. But uh, anything that that has stood out from from watching the Gators now a couple weeks into camp. Yeah, we, we get about a 15-minute uh, window there with individual drills, a little bit of glorified stretching, but it's still fun to go in. And what I do is is I check every position every day, or individual positions um, every day. We'll come in and have a participation report, and I think Florida fans are aware that injuries have kind of started to creep up 
obviously not that big of a deal, but those have kind of been the storylines here of camp. But just from getting to watch football, I'm, I'm really enjoying able, being able to do that. Uh, it's certainly a sight to see what feels like 200 staff members. So there's several for, uh, for each position out there and working with the guys. But surprisingly, with this many people, their, their coaching really does seem to be in sync. It, it, it's kind of a sight to behold. Yeah, it sounds like it. I mean, his army is incredible. And, uh, and you know, that extends, you know, in the recruiting all the way down to the on-field, as you've mentioned. What's been your impressions of the the army that Coach Napier is, is brought in with Katie Turner on the recruiting front and, and, and the assistance that he's assembled uh, in terms of the uh, the football staff? Yeah, I remember Napier saying, I think back in spring, that even though they had this massively increased budget and this plan to go out and bring in this many staff members, like an unprecedented amount of coaches and assistants, everyone was going to come in and there was going to be a solidified plan for what they need to do. And I feel like I'm still kind of learning that as we go. I mean, there are specialized assistants for certain positions, for speed training, for strength training, for um, their graduate assistants doing recruiting as well as personnel. Uh, You mentioned Katie Turner, there's Bree Wade and Sierra Griffin. It's like, a three-headed monster there of everyone that sets up what recruiting weekends are supposed to look like on Florida. It, it all goes back to the atmosphere that um, the Napier is trying to build. Again, restoring a culture that people want to be a part of. And it, again, it's it's been really impressive to see it all come together with this many people. And you can tell that everyone's got a very specified role and they're sticking to it. Cause I do think we're starting to see some development from this team. Um, I'm sure we'll get into expectations a little bit more later, but at the same time, it's you're starting to see improvement compared to where they left off at the end of last year. Yeah. And, and let's just jump into that. I mean, what, what do you think Zach is a fair expectation for this club? So I guess this is going to contradict what I said. I've been going really around seven and five for the year. Mm-hmm. But I say that because, again, what was the biggest issue of the Dan Mullen era? It, it was recruiting. It wasn't not, it wasn't just not pulling in, you know, the five-star players. There wasn't structure. There were a lot of, you know, there was a really great space in between the top of the class and the bottom of the class. And Napier said it all off season long that they really don't have depth that they feel comfortable with at almost any position. I think you can make that argument on the offensive line that they're pretty strong there, but otherwise I kind of agree like running back, maybe cornerback, but it's not there at quarterback. They don't even exactly know, you know, what the starting lineup's going to look like at wide receiver. There's, there's a lot of question marks still there, but with the discipline aspect of it and with the several coaches helping guys with several different aspects of the game, technique is becoming a huge focus in these practices and you can see it. I mean, I watch the receivers that we know kind of struggle to separate over the past couple of years. They're starting to get a little more wiggle, you know, it's not perfect, but you're seeing the development that you truly want to see with all of this attention to detail that they've been putting into practice. Yeah. And, and Graham and I were talking about this at the receiver with Pearsall. Cause when initially when the injury, uh, you know, first was kind of out there, we were at Jaguars camp talking about it. And I, uh, I mean, Ricky Pearsall seems like he's a nice player, but Ricky Pearsall probably would not be a devastating injury on the Florida teams that had won titles. Uh, you've actually obviously seen him up close. Uh, we talked to Rashad Torrance on, on on Building Back the Gators about a month ago, and he singled out Pearsall as a guy uh, that had impressed him, which surprised us because he had just arrived. But in your opinion, is Pearsall the real deal? I mean, is he, is he going to be a great Florida receiver or is he just the best of a, of a bad group? 
That's the thing is I'm really going to have to see when he gets back from an injury. I can tell you that he's the most unique receiver they have right now. Um, Just because again, going back to the recruiting of the last staff, they really prioritize guys with length, with height, straight line speed if they had it, but otherwise, you know, there really wasn't much agility or shiftiness. And Parasol is the only guy that really offers that at this point. That's kind of where he made his money out at Arizona State. He could take a screen pass behind the, uh, the line of scrimmage and take it 15 to 20 yards. He could break off into the middle of the field after running a double move. It, it, there are a lot of things that he can do that other receivers, at least at this point in their careers, haven't really been able to show. So they're going to need it. I mean, especially with the way the offense is structured. I know they want to run the ball a lot, but they are going to try and take the top of the, off of defenses with Anthony Richardson's arm. And Parasol is really the only guy, based off what we can tell so far, that offers that at least more than anyone else. Can Anthony Richardson be a star, in your opinion, Zach, this season for the Gators? I think he can be a star. I'm very curious about what it looks like this season, not necessarily because of him, but because of how everything comes together with the lack of depth, with needing to get everyone to buy into a new staff and what those bumps and bruises look like against a really tough schedule, especially right out of the gate, too. You know, there's going to be adversity as soon as they step into the swamp for the season opener against a top 10 team in Utah. Uh, But that being said, we've all seen it. You know, if he truly runs this 4-4 flat that the Athletic has in their freaks list, like, it's over. (laughs) Basically, (laughs) like, that's the second fastest time at the NFL Combine since Michael Vick, uh, going back to 1999 for quarterbacks, like, that's obviously not something that many college quarterbacks can offer, not to mention he's got a huge arm. Now there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of accuracy, in terms of making reads. I'm very curious to see what this offense looks like for him, because I believe it's going to be a bit more simplified and allow him to use his legs, use the running backs to try and, you know, take stress off of the passing game and make it easier. And assuming everything goes to plan, which, you know, it's going to take a lot with the issues I listed earlier, but He's got all the talent in the world to be a star. So I'm curious to see if it can all come together this year. Tell me a little bit about the the defense and, and the scheme. So it's Tony, uh, it's, and there's co-defensive coordinators. And, and before we get into the talent that they have, you know, this is a defense that LSU obviously ran for, it felt like 400 yards. I don't know what the final <laughs> number ended up being. And then, you know, Sanford scores in the 50s. Uh, schematically, what are some changes that you've seen that, that Gator fans can look forward to seeing this fall as, as they move off of Todd Grantham and, and on to, to Billy Napier's defensive gurus? I know this sounds vague, but the way the players describe it is, you know, it's less confusing. It allows them to play a bit faster. They don't have to think as much. I do think that applies. It seems to be a lot more downhill There's not a ton of positional movement that these guys have going on. Now, they'll have different packages, but I think they're going to try and settle guys into specific roles and have them learn exactly how to do that and go out and contribute among the best 11. And that's going to lead to some freshman play. That's going to lead to some younger players, maybe unseating expected starters at some point. It's going to be a fun-looking defense. There's obviously a lot of work to be done just because of You know, there's a lot returning still from this unit that allowed, I think, 28 points per game last year. It's something miserable along those lines. Mm -hmm. And there's depth, again, that needs to be rebuilt. It goes back to the point Napier's made all offseason. You're going to need defensive linemen to rotate. I'm not really sure they have a true starting nose tackle right now. So the, the actual scheme itself, it looks aggressive. There will be a lot of man coverage. It should be fun. 
it just all goes back to the roster building and, and if they're set up for success or not. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've got to have huge years from Dexter and Cox, right? Or they just have no chance. They do. Um, and you would hope that a guy like Prince Liam and Malin, a uh, strong side defensive end, uh, Desmond Watson, um, as long as he's, you know, I don't mean to poke too much at it, but he's, right. he's, he's too heavy. Yeah. He can't, he can't play more, I would say, than 50 snaps per game, and they need a starting nose tackle. So they're going to need some of these younger players to step up. I think Napier kind of pushed the expectations a bit too far when he said he wanted to make almost double-digit transfer uh, transactions over the offseason. The biggest need was nose tackle, and they didn't get one. So there's still a lot of questions to the need answers, but ultimately it comes down to guys like Jervon Dexter, guys like Brenton Cox, uh, Jason Marshall at cornerback, stepping up and stepping up in a big way. I, I like that Ventrell Miller came back. I, I really thought his injury last year uh, probably cost him the the Kentucky and LSU games because he would I think made a difference. I mm. um wh- he not that he's a I don't think he's going to be a star in the NFL, but I think at the college level he's a he's a really good player. What have you seen out of him and and the linebackers in general? I'd say he agrees with you. We actually asked him <laughs> at the podium the other day, and we said. I forget who asked, but someone asked him, you know, what do you think could have made this run defense a little bit better last year? How can it be better this year? And he basically said, it's because I'm back. Like, yeah. And I agree. I mean, I thought he was their best downhill thumper, um, you know, keying the run and able to shoot into the backfield guy of anyone at linebacker. It, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but it goes back to recruiting. Uh, Amari Bernie, who's expected to start next to him. I think he's a serviceable linebacker, no doubt, but he came up as a defensive back and moved to star his freshman year and then linebacker and has put on like 25 pounds in that process. Derek Wingo is a former defensive end, like sole edge rusher in high school, who's now learning to be a Mike and it, t- it takes time. And because of that, you know, you really have to depend on a guy like Ventrell, a sixth year, a veteran. You don't see those guys stick around that much, but ultimately he is the heart and soul of the defense. I don't think there's any other way to put it. Are there any young guys that have caught your eye on either the offense or defensive side of the ball? I would say more on the defense. There's a couple of true freshmen that I think are going to be worth paying attention to. Uh, The ones that Napier was able to pull in a couple weeks after taking the job on early signing day, uh, safety Kamari Wilson, cornerback Devin Moore, and linebacker Shamar James. I've Now, granted, this is from our individual periods, but we do get to see – a bit of a rotation as to, you know, who's working with the ones or is fighting to be with the ones. And I've seen all three of them getting reps in around that time. And I hear from people I talk to, it's the same thing when they go into team drills that they're getting sprinkled in. I wouldn't necessarily expect them to start right out of the gate, but they're at least getting those reps to prepare them to potentially play more than the four games that, uh, than they would do in a redshirt year. Yeah. And, 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 I, I agree. And then you look at the special teams, and that was an issue, you know, certainly last year in the Kentucky game with the block going back for the touchdown. But it, it also felt like, you know, Mullen never either prioritized it or, you know, they just, the, the return game wasn't very good. They never seemed to, to block kicks. They never seemed to make a difference uh, in a positive fashion. Uh, has Napier talked at all about that at all, special teams? And, uh, do you have any expectations or just too early to really know what they have uh, in, in that third phase of the game? Yeah, he did a bit in spring. They've they've changed the title from special teams coordinator to game changer coordinator. So that's uh, that's the onus that they are putting on that. Yeah. But we don't 
we don't really get to see too much of it in indie drills. Okay. Uh, I, I think they've got a good punter in Jeremy Crawshaw. They've got a lot to do in terms of figuring out returners because they never really seem to have a good plan with that the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. I remember last year, Kyrie Elam was returning punts at one point, which right. should never, ever happen. Yeah. Um, but I, I think they want to find consistency. Uh, another thing that happened last year was that weird rotation at kicker because Chris Howard missed an extra point. Now, granted, it was a bad one, but from what I have come to understand, he had an injury at that point mm-hmm. and went out and kicked that. And then they pulled the job. They give it to the other guy, uh, Jace Chrisman, who was familiar with the staff. He misses two kicks, and then they go and put back in Howard. Like, what is your plan there? There's right. no confidence in your kicker showing whatsoever, and ultimately I think that was a huge part of their downfall at several positions. Yeah, yeah, no question. And, uh, Zach, I know you uh, you do a great job covering not just the team, but their recruiting efforts as well. Uh, that new facility comes online Sunday. Uh, how much of an impact do you think that can make, and, and what's your overall uh, ex- expectations for where this class might land for, for Billy Napier? It's certainly going to entice recruits. Uh, we've just seen that in the past decade or so of how influential this can be when a player comes and visits and sees it. But also, I think the most important thing is they're not going to have to walk half a mile, it feels like, from the locker rooms to come out to practice every day. They'll finally have that adjusted or attached to the indoor practice facility or the practice fields. So it's going to be making things a lot more convenient. I think everything will be a bit more centralized. And you would obviously hope that that'll, you know, start moving over into their plans for recruiting, for day-to-day operations. With that on recruiting, I think it's off to a really good start. They have to be able to find a way to close on a couple of these premier in-state recruits. You'd like to see a couple of five stars, but I believe they got 14 four-star commitments out of their 16 in total. And that's, that's not something Dan Mullen ever did, right. at, least, at least especially during the summer. You know, that, that to me speaks to the idea that they are rebuilding the depth. They are not all the highest rated four stars, but they're taking the four stars they can get because you know that those players should be able to come in and at the very least provide the depth that you're looking for. And now you need to go and put the cherries on top uh, at the end of the cycle. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. Great stuff. Zach Goodall, really appreciate your time. It's great talking with you. Again, SI, all Gators, go find Zach's stuff. He does a great job, uh, and uh, we certainly appreciate it. Zach, I look forward to uh, to seeing you at the Swamp. I'm going to be uh, down there to cover a few games this year, uh, so I'm looking forward to it, and uh, really appreciate your time this afternoon. Thanks so much for joining us. Absolutely. Looking forward to seeing you this year. All right. Appreciate Zach's time. Great stuff there. Uh, again, give him a follow and uh, appreciate all his insights. Man, it's uh, it's getting close, Graham. I'm excited. Uh, I get more confident by the day that Utah is coming to the swamp to take a beating on September 3rd. Uh, I've seen a couple of tweets across the timeline of Gator fans basically being like, I don't care if Utah is better than Florida talent-wise or not. There's no way they come into the swamp week one at night under the lights with Billy Napier's debut and beat the Gators. There's no way the Gators let that happen. And I don't know. I'm not a future teller, but I will say, as someone who just recently graduated and went to every single home game as a student, I mean, you saw how bad that team was last year, how how poorly they were, mm-hmm. especially by the end of the year. And they were a missed extra point away from beating Alabama. Right. The Swamp is something else, man. When it's a big game like that, 
Only Gators get out alive. That that's a pretty damn true statement. So so I, I tend to believe that. As yeah, well. I can't wait. I'm really looking forward to it. Well, Graham, thanks again for tracking Zach down for us. Really uh, appreciate talking to him. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. Want to thank our sponsor, the personal injury law firm of Harold and Harold. I've known Holt and Julie uh, going back to our days at Bowles, uh, 25 years, and uh, super great people from Jacksonville. This is a Jacksonville firm through and through. They're big enough to take on anybody, but small enough that they're going to form that relationship with you. When you call them, they're going to know who you are. So you couldn't be in better hands. Hopefully you won't need them. But if you're ever injured, call Harold and Harold at 251-1111. That's going to wrap it up for us. We certainly appreciate you uh, listening, watching, building back the Gators. For Graham Marsh, I am Hayes Carline. Thanks to Zach Goodall. We will see you next week. Looking forward to it as we get closer to a Gators football season. Take care.